This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Good evening friends. We're continuing in Daf HaShavu Masechta Ksubais, Daf Mem Ches Amad Aleph. And we're now uh, studying the Shita that holds that a husband is responsible to support his wife, Mida Iraisa. The Gemara said that um, the following Tana holds that a person is responsible to support his wife biblically. So it says the Gemara, Reb Lezer ben Yaakov Aymer, She'era ksusa, lefum she'era tank susa. According to her flesh, give her clothing. Meaning, if she's old, wear heavy clothing, is difficult, and she can't tolerate very elaborate, very um, ornamental types of clothing. So you give her uh, clothing more appropriate for her age. A younger woman needs, Rashi says, begadim rechavim, to wide clothing, you know, roughly um, flowery clothing. So basically, based on her age, give her the clothing. Not to give um, of a young woman to an older woman or of an older woman to a young woman. That's what I learned from the juxtaposition of She'era to Ksusa. According to her flesh, you should give her her Ksus. Ksusa ve'oinasa, we learn from the juxtaposition of Oina to Ksus. In other words, Ksus, we know what it means. We don't quite know what She'era means. We don't quite know what Oina means. Based on the season, give her a garment. Don't give new clothing that are not rubbed out during the summer, because that's too heavy. And not rubbed out clothing during the rainy season when it's not uh, warm enough. Okay. Tani Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, She'era zu kirav basar. She'era is with um, closeness of flesh. She'era means one has to have relations with his wife with uh, basar to basar. Shaloyinag ba minag parsiyam. Not to practice the custom of the Persians. Shemesham shen mitoisem blavushen. That they have relations in their clothing. That is inappropriate. That's wrong. That's not fulfilling one's marital obligation. Marital obligation is she'era. Basar to basar. This supports Rav Huna. Someone who says, No, it's impossible. I can only live with her if I, if I am in my clothing and she's in her clothing. They have to get divorced and give uh, a ksuba, which is interesting. And what if his motivation is that he's a tsanua? It doesn't matter. He's not fulfilling his marital obligation. I'm just looking. In Simon Reish Mem, the Mishabura asks a very interesting question. Because the Gemara says that elsewhere, that one cannot be Mishamish mitasai aram. And to which the Shahat Sion says like this, there has to be a cover on top 
However, Lamata Alpi Kabbalah Dafka it has to be Basar to Basar. So here we see it's a it's a Gemara. But uh, moreover the the Sharatsion brings its uh Alpi Kabbalah. Okay, the Gemara continues. So even the poorest Jew should not give his wife less than two flute players and a eulogizer. Says the Gemara, that implies this is the opinion of Rabbi Huda. However, that implies Tanakama holds that you don't have to provide the woman with two flute players and a eulogizer. Says the Gemara, hey Chidami, what's the case? If it's common, if it's common, meaning if it's normal to provide a woman with two flute players and a eulogizer, why does the Tanakama say you don't have to provide it? If it's not common, my town to Yehuda, what's the reason Rabbi Yehuda? You do have to provide it. In other words, is it a normal thing to provide two flute players or not? If it's normal, then everyone should agree you should have to provide. If it's not usual, why does Rabbi Yehuda say that you're obligated to? It it's usual in his family for women to get such a honor, but it's not normal in her family. So we know there's a concept that a woman, when she gets married, she gets to rise up to the status of the husband. Let's say the husband is of a very high status, and the woman is of lower status. So when she gets married, she's entitled to say to the husband, look, I married you, and your status is, you know, you're on uh, this bracket, so I want a fur coat, and I want uh, designer clothing. So he says, so what do you mean? You grew up in... uh, you know, your father learned in Kailal. She said, that's why I married you. Because, uh, you know, you're of higher standard. So there's halacha that, oila imai, she rises up to his status. The question is, but now she's dead. So does she continue to rise up to his status? Says Gemara, ki tanakama sabar. Tanakama, ki aminun oila imai. When do we say she rises up to his status? Ve'ino yoredes imai. And she doesn't go down to his status. Meaning, what if she's of high financial status and he's not? So she rises up to his status, she does not descend to his status. That's only when they're alive. After death, we don't say this. Rabbi Huda holds, even after death, she continues to rise up to his status, and therefore, even though she would not ordinarily be provided with a two flute players and a eulogizer, but his family would, and therefore she continues to rise up to his status. Amar of Chizda, Amar Mar Ukva, Halacha Krabhuda. Rav Chizda said the name Mar Ukva, the Halacha is like Krabhuda. Amar of Chizda, Amar Mar Ukva. Mishanishtata, a guy who became an imbecile, he lost his sanity. So, the guy is not providing for his wife. So what does she do now? She has no means of support. So Mishnashtata, someone who became a fool, Bezin Yardan Bezin will go down to his property, Vizanin, Umefarnasinas Ishtai. And they will sustain 
and support his wife. And not only his wife, Ubanov, his sons, Ubanoisov, and his daughters. Vidavar Acher. And they will also see to it that he provides Davar Acher, something else. So if a guy becomes a fool, Bezin goes down and supports not only his wife, but his children as well. This is what Rav Chizda said in the name of Marukva. Amarle Ravina Ravashi. Ravina says to Ravashi, Maishna Mehadetanya. Why is it different from that which we learned in Abraisa? Mishahalach Lamedinas Hayam. Someone who goes overseas. Ve'ishtoi Toivas Mezoinois. And his wife claims food. In other words, a guy went over, a guy went to China. A guy went to uh, North Korea. We don't exactly know what he's up to over there. Meanwhile, his wife's hungry. So Bezdin Yardan Machasov, the Bezdin will go down to his estate. Vizanin Mefarnas in Asishta, they will support and they will sustain his wife. Avaloi Banov of Naisov, but not his sons and daughters. Vuloi Dabarachar, and they will not. They will not claim from him something else. So it's a stira. Why is it that if a guy becomes a fool, we take from him for his wife and his children, and if someone goes overseas, we only take for his wife and not for his children? This is the question that Ravina said to Ravashi. So Ravashi said back, you don't differentiate between if a guy goes out knowingly or unknowingly. If the guy goes out and he becomes a mashugana, a guy who becomes crazy, let's assume that he's crazy, but he probably wanted to support his children. We have nothing, we have no indication to the contrary that he doesn't want to support his children. Um, I believe the Rishonim say, we're talking about where until now he did support his children. So now he became insane. So let's assume he can. He still would would want to support his children. However, if the guy went out knowingly, why didn't he leave money for his children? He obviously decided to reject his children. Now his wife, he's obligated to support. So even though he doesn't want to support his wife, he has to. But his children, apparently. He's made the decision not to support them because he went out willingly without making provisions for his children. If the guy's crazy and we don't know what he wants, we could assume he wants to support his children, but the guy went overseas and he didn't say anything. He's obviously uh, ignoring his children. So the Gemara wants to know, what's Dabar Acher? What? Sorry, I'm not hearing. Let me make a... Sorry, say that again? If he went to North Korea, only planned to go for one month, and he left only provision for one month, and he ended up getting stay there for six months. Uh-huh. Saying if he left, and he left, uh-huh. he left something, but he didn't leave enough to be. I I assume that if he uh, if he did leave for his children, and you know, there's reason reason to assume that he didn't expect to have been uh, gone for so long. That might be a different story. But here, the guy just left. You know, he knew he knew that uh, back in the day it takes time. He didn't leave any provisions, so we we don't have a right to take uh, from his estate. We don't have a right to assume he wants to support his children that he's not obligated to. 
young kids, really young kids, you must support, right? Yes. A child that's young, um, I think there's a certain age that we say that he's obligated to support. And after, so we're talking about beyond that age. In other words, uh, a very small kids, I think he's obligated from the Ksuba to support. Here we're talking about kids that are, you know, they're not a gadol, but they're above, uh, they're not young children. Okay. So now the Gemara wants to know, my davar acher, what is this davar acher? That we say that if somebody becomes insane, um, we take from him a davar acher, as opposed to if he left knowingly, we don't take a davar acher. Rav Chizda Amar Zetachshet. Rav Chizda says this refers to ornament. Ornament here means perfume. That a, a husband is obligated to give his wife perfume. To supply perfume to his wife. So, if the guy became crazy, we assume he wants to su- supply his wife uh, perfume. If the guy left, then uh, he didn't leave his wife perfume. We have no right to, to collect perfume uh, from his estate. Rabbi Yosef says, Davar Acher refers to tzedakah. A person has a certain obligation to support communal funds. So if he became crazy, we assume he wants to continue to support the public causes. But if he left knowingly, and uh, he didn't leave any uh, information that he wants to give tzedakah, we have no right to take it from him. So it's a machloikis between Rav Chizda and Rav Yosef. Rav Chizda says, Davar Acher is tachshit. Rav Yosef says it's tzedakah. Man amar tachshit. The man the Omar that it's ornamental called Shikane Sadaka. So Rashi has two ways of learning this. The opinion that says that if you leave, we don't give you Um, we don't give, if you leave, we don't give your wife perfume, certainly we don't take away tzedakah. Because perfume is in your personal interest. You want your wife to smell good. That's if for your benefit. Tzedakah, it's just a, it's a communal need. So if we don't force the husband to give his wife perfume, we certainly don't force him to give tzedakah. Manda amar tachshet, koshkein tzedakah, manda amar tzedakah, the opinion that says, that we don't force the husband to give tzedakah, maybe we do force him to give um, perfume. That's the first gersa. Another gersa is, it's going on the statement of the guy who became crazy, that we do take away uh, and we're reading it, Manda Amar According to the opinion, we take away tzedakah. Certainly, we'll take uh, perfume, but the Manda perfume, Lab Davket tzedakah. Why have a Tachshit Yavinala Tulei Nichle Detinavel? 
uh, perfume, we will take because he doesn't want her to be disgusting. Weiter. Amar Rav Chia Bar Avin, Amar Rav Huna. Rav Chia Bar Avin said the name Rav Huna. Misha Halach Lamdina Sayam. A guy went overseas. Umeisa Ishtai. Now his wife died. Now the guy really gets off the hook when his wife dies. Why? Because he doesn't have to give a ksuba. And actually, there's an Indian that the reason why a husband buries his wife is in exchange for the ksuba. I can't find, I had my, uh, oh, here it is. My Daphnam Zion fell out. But, why does a husband have to bury his wife? This is very interesting, I finally chapped. The husband has to bury his wife because his wife died first. The guy saved a lot of money. He doesn't have to pay her a ksuba. So in lieu of the fact that he's saving money on the ksuba, the least he could do is bury her. So here's the case. Case is, he went to Sam, his wife died. So Bezin said, look, your wife died. You gotta bury her. Bezin yarden lenachasav. Now the guy's not around. So Bezin will go down to his estate. V'koyver noisa. And they'll bury her. They'll bury her in accordance with his honor. Says the Gemara, according to his honor, but let's say she's on a higher status. Let's say his status is you get like, you know, you know, a, a, a shelf on Har Menuchais, you know, on the shelves in the mountain. And her status is she gets a big spot on Har Hazesim. So what do you mean? We only bury her according to his status? We know a woman doesn't go down to the husband's level. It means we bury him according to his status if his status is higher. Which means then that she rises to his status even in death. Even though we had a machlaikis. Um, Tanakam Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda holds Afila Achar Misa, so this Shita is even Achar Misa. Okay, next. Amar of Masna. Right, good, right. The Allah is like Rabbi Huda, that what? That Oila Imoi Lafil Achar Misa. Very good. Amar of Masna, Ha'oimer Emesa, Loi Sik Berua, Minachasav, Shoimenlai. Let's say a guy says, my wife dies, don't bury her from my estate. We listen to him. He says, my wife dies, don't bury her from my estate. We listen to him. Meaning, this is a guy, Rashi says, he's, the guy's about to die. He's about to expire. And he says, you know, if I die and then my wife dies, don't bury her from my estate. Because, think about it, because if he dies, she's going to get the ksuba. If she's going to get the ksuba, he's not obligated to bury her anymore. The whole reason a husband has to bury his wife is because if she dies and he doesn't have to give her the ksuba, so at least he should bury her. But the thing over here is, he died. So if he died, she's getting the ksuba, so he doesn't have to bury her. We listen to him. Says Gemara, what well, we only listen to him if he says it. Maishna ki amar dinafli nichsi kameyasmi. 
Again, Rav Masa says, if someone says, if she dies, don't bury her from my nechassim, we listen to him. Maishna ki amar, why is it different when he says, don't bury her? Dinafli nechsi kameyasmi, because now that he's dying, the Yisoyimim inherit him. Think about it. He's dying. His heirs inherit him. And his heirs are not responsible to bury his wife. So if that's the case, if, if he says that if, I die, if, that if she dies, I don't want to bury her, what's the reason that they don't have to? Because his estate is falling to his heirs who don't have an obligation to bury her. So even if he doesn't say don't bury her, his heirs inherit him and are not obligated to bury her. Why? What difference does it make whether he says don't bury her or not? The bottom line is, if he says, I'm about to die, so if she dies later, don't bury her, They don't. whether he says that or not, his heirs should not have to bury her. Because his heirs inherit him, and they have no obligation to bury his wife. So the Gemara has to revamp the whole statement. Let's say a guy says, If I die, don't bury me from my, my estate. Let the city bury me. Let the Hebrew Kaddisha bury me. Let the Tzedakah bury me. If I die, I want you to inherit my possessions. And let the city, let, let the Tzibur have to worry about me. He has no right to make his children wealthy and then throw himself on the tzibur that the tzibur has to support him. He has no power to make his children wealthy and then put, cast his responsibility on the tzibur. Okay, that is Daf Memches Amar Aleph. Um, we started today at 4.30, we started a, a beautiful limud, Sefer Tzipisoli Yeshua of the Chafetz Chaim. You could take a look, uh, you could listen to it on Torah anytime. A very beautiful uh, limud. Chafetz Chaim wrote three short prakim on the mitzvah of um, awaiting the coming of Mashiach. So, have a wonderful day everyone. Thanks for joining. Kalta Brachavatzacha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.